Mark, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you told me to sit here. Oh, no, I'm teaching. I'm teaching. I got my iPad. What are you doing here? up here? Hogging, hogging the stage. Hey, again, if you've just joined us, um, we're pretending to fight, I guess. Maybe I'm mad. I'm not sure. No, uh, we're starting a new series today. I'm Charlie, the lead pastor, and you are uh, Sajan Loper. What's your name? What, what was that? Stage Interloper. Oh, stage Interloper. My name is Mark. Mark, executive pastor here at the Grove. And we've, um, Mark's had this idea for a while that maybe we could do some team teaching. Is that what you called it? Kind of, kind of teach at the same time? Yeah, so, you know, while, while we're quarantining and everything's different, might as well just, what's, what's one more different just thing? Might as well do something. <laughs> might as well do something, something different. Hey, so we're starting this new series, and... Um, and a lot of it has to do with kind of some really weird Bible stories where what God does is just seems a little off or a little weird. And, and it's the kind of stories where it'd be really easy to ask why. Did you have any, do you have any why asker kids? Dad, why? Dad, why? Why? Dad, why? Why? Do you have any of that? Mm-hmm. We've got a couple that are couple? In, the, in that stage. Oh, in the stage. Did you ever, you ever resort to because I said so? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all those all those lines, man. Indeed. Indeed. Well, you know, I mean there's good I mean there's good there's good reasons to ask that question. I mean you you there's there's good reasons. Like you're 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 trying to learn about God and you're and you're seeing something and you're trying to ask why he's doing why why why? I mean the bad part of it is when you're challenging God, which is the thing I think why parents sometimes don't like it, is it's like you're challenging authority, but then there's the why question that just kind of helps you try to understand. And I think it's a good thing that when we come across a passage or a story where what's happening doesn't really make sense, I think it's really healthy to ask those kinds of questions. Um, you don't always get all the answers you want. You'll get some answers, but one thing you'll definitely get is you're going to, it's going to expand your idea about who God is, about who you are, the way that he works in the world. And so, I think it's it's really good, and and I've seen this over the last few weeks. A lot of people asking why questions. Uh, you see it kind of in the hostile way that people really challenging God. That question's been asked for thousands of years. If if God is good and is loving and um, and He's all powerful, why would He let something bad happen? And then I saw something the other day. I'm not sure how much I agree with it, but I thought it was interesting. It says that that only. Only bad things can happen to good people because if a bad thing happens to a bad person, that's a good thing. And and um, I, kind of, I don't even. What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know what to make of that. Um, anyway, so we're asking these kinds of questions, like why, why, what, what, what is, what is God doing? And so we're just going to spend some time over the next few weeks looking at a few of these um, these stories. And the first one is actually the story of Job. And um, the story of Job's a real interesting one. I don't know if you know, know anything about this story. It's a real interesting one. It's, in the, it's in kind of in the, in, the, in the poetry section of the, of, of the Bible there with Psalms because it's kind of written, you know, 90 plus percent of it is written that way, which is it's a really, really old story even by Bible standards. This guy that we're looking at, Job, uh, he was probably lived around the time of Abraham. And that's Genesis 12. I mean, that's like almost as early as it gets. So this story obviously was maintained mostly just by, by, by telling it in poetry. And so it's a really, really old story, but it's, it's, it's a really interesting story about something really bad that happens to a guy that seems like he doesn't deserve it. 
And it really kind of helps us, I think, answer some of these why questions about when the world doesn't make sense. Now, this story and the applications of this story don't apply to every situation ever, but it does really help us, I think, for the beginning of this series, just give us a framework of kind of why God does some of the unusual things that he does. So we'll do this. We're just going to look at a few verses of chapter 1. I mean, it's a long passage. We're just going to kind of look at kind of the setup for the story. Verse 1, chapter 1 of Job. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the east. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flock and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Totally normal story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, totally normal. Yeah, no, yeah. Nothing weird there. I don't even know why we picked it. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much, there's so much weird and odd here. And what happens then, all right, after verse 12, is uh, uh, Satan does exactly what God gives him permission to do. Basically destroys just about everything that he has. Uh, many of his sons and daughters die in a, in a terrible accident. And, and what happens is Job doesn't curse God. And, and Satan comes back to God again. The exact same thing happens. He comes back to him again and says, well, the reason is because you didn't let me mess with him personally. And God says, go for it. And essentially, but you can't kill him. So it afflicts him with this, with this really bad skin disease. And he is just uh, miserable. And what we see in the entire book of Job is kind of his journey of processing all of this, processing with his friends. And we'll talk about a little bit more of that at the end. But there's just a lot of questions here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions about why this would happen, the details of it. Like, what, what's God doing? Why does this happen to Job? Who is Satan and who let, turned him loose? I mean, there's just a lot of, lot, of, lot of weird, weird things here. And so we'll just, kind of, we'll, just take, we'll just take a few of these one by one. We're going to answer a few of the questions that you probably have about this story. We're going to answer only a few of them, and, and, and we're going to answer them unsatisfactorily. So... It'll be, really, it'll be really good. You'll enjoy it. Um, so the first thing, that, that it's like it start, jumps out to me, the very first one. It talks about Job. It says that he's blameless and upright. That, um, that doesn't make sense to me, right? Because what we say is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and we spend a lot of time talking about that he's a sinner. But it's saying that he is blameless and upright. Um, what does that mean? And how does, it, how does that play into the story? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's huge because it happens twice, 
you know, right here at the beginning, these few verses, you know, it says that he's blameless and upright, and then God comes back, and he says of Job, he's, he's blameless and upright, um, and shuns evil. Yeah. That was worded, yeah, I think that's how it was worded. Um, yeah, so in, in the context of the story, obviously, it's not that he's saying that he's, that he's perfect, but that there is no blame can be placed against him. So all of these bad things that are getting ready to happen, it's not as a result of something that, that Job has done, which a big part of the story comes back and, you know, his buddies come along and that's what they do. They say, hey, it must, it must have been something that you did. Hey, was it this? Was it this? Was it? And Job continues to say, no, it's, there's nothing. There's nothing that, that I did that deserves this. And, you know, it's interesting, most of us would not say that we have adopted that, uh, that Eastern idea of karma, that, you know, uh, what you do, if you do something good, then good things come. If you do bad things, then bad things come. But in truth, most of us, you know, we do kind of adopt yeah, that. Yeah, if, if I could disagree with anything that you've said yeah. so far, it would be that you, you don't we think would, that many, we, we, we wouldn't call we, it karma. We do. But we, but we do think that yeah. way. We think, we think the same way that, that these guys and well, you know, what his friends come along and say. And, um, and you know, it's, it's easy like, uh, to assume because we, we do know that good things, you know, if you do good things, that there are rewards to those good things. And there's obviously a biblical truth there. If you sin against God, disobey him, there are consequences to those sins. And that's, that's, that's true, but... What happens, not just in this story, but when we look around us, you know, we see that, it's, that that's not always, that sounds like justice to us, but that's just not always the case. Uh, many times, and in this case of Job, you've got Job is, is blameless, and yet these hardships and trials are about to come upon him. I, uh, yesterday I was, I was talking to my teenager, Brennan, and um, it just a, kind of <laughs> yesterday felt like one of those days for me. I don't know if God was, was doing that, so I, I would uh, think about this more today. But I, I just had a Saturday that, you know, started out really great. Uh, you know, woke up a little bit earlier than I would normally wake up. Um, man, started to read the Bible a little bit and, and pray and had this really sweet time with the Lord in the morning. And it just felt like, man, this day really started off right. If any day, I mean, I feel, I mean I'm living right. If anything, if any day would be the day that things should kind of go my way, it would feel like it should be today. And by about 11 o'clock, everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. And Brennan and I are standing there beside one another, and I'm like, man you know what, we've been studying Job, we're going to talk about Job tomorrow, and it just feels like, like, I didn't, I didn't do anything for this, 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 this not to go my way, or for this, it feels like if any day would have been a good day, it would have been today, but that seems like justice, but obviously God's just doing something bigger, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, the, like you said, the principle is true that, you know, if you, if you do good things, typically good things happen, you know, if you, if you, if you save your money, you know, and you, when you need it for later, something good will happen and you'll need it. You know, I mean, like, and if, and if you do harm to somebody, you know, you go to jail. I mean, there's, there, there are certain principles, but not everything in the world works that way. Mm-hmm. But I think because there are some things that don't work that way, I think that's what really confuses us. The, 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 what, the, the times that it doesn't. Yeah, and what, and what do you do with that? Because that doesn't seem like justice. 
you know, it seems like something's broken. Like it should be A plus B. You know, it just, it feels like it should be that way. But yeah, it makes, it makes me, you just said, you know, we're not going to answer all the questions sufficiently. And that's what Job, I mean, there's so many things about the way our God works that is just hard for us to wrap our minds around because he is Mm-hmm. God, right? Yeah, and, and and that God has something planned for us that is different than I'm going to reward good and 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 punish evil. He's got he, every now and then, and here's the best example of it. He's got another agenda going that has that that, that bad things can happen, not because of something that you've done. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't perfect, but God's making it very clear. What's happening, what's about to happen to this guy is not a consequence of anything that he's done. Which when you think this is like the worst things that can happen to somebody and it have nothing to do with what he did. That's crazy. Well, so this that, next part's crazy. Though. Yeah, and this is what we got. We got, we got, we got, we got, we got the devil. And uh, here's the thing I'm confused about. Like, is, is God holding court and angels are just giving reports back to him. Angels are just kind of walking back and forth. And in the midst of this, Satan's strolling in there. Like, like how does he even have access? We're not going to answer that question, so don't worry about it. Um, how does he, how, why, why, why is God a, a, allowing this? It just, it just, seem, it just seems odd. And, and, and God asks him, he's like, what are you doing? What does he say? What, God says, Satan, what have you been up to? Just roaming around. And then God says, have you thought about Job? And describes Job's person. He's the one that brings Job into this. Job was fine living his whole life. Satan either hadn't noticed him or whatever. And then, and then Satan comes in. And he's, he's like, you know, well, um, well, yeah, I, I've, I, I know about Job. But the only reason he's, he likes you is because of this. You've built this, you've built this hedge around him. He describes this hedge. And the interesting thing about that is the way he describes a hedge. I mean, he's obviously not talking about gardening i mean he's talking about this level of protection that um that god has placed around him which is interesting because it tells us one thing about satan is that satan is not all powerful and it also seems to demonstrate to us that god is protecting those whose hearts are his from satan and that in order for satan to even have access to job god had to grant it which is really interesting. And then also, I mean, he's not only limited in what he could do, he's also limited in where he could be. He is one, one entity at, at one time in one place. I mean, he has, he has demons that are with him that can, you know, between all of them, they can be in multiple places. But he is not, he is not some all-powerful figure whose power rivals God. In order for him to do the things that he did, he, he needed permission from God. Which again, answers one question, but but brings up more, but it should help us a little bit to understand Satan. That Satan is not some overwhelming power that there's nothing that can be done about. God is protecting Job. And so we have some people out there that would, I think who, who, who exist who just have a little too much fear of Satan and demons and feel like that the awful things can happen at any moment and there's nothing you can do and they live in fear. We shouldn't have that kind of fear because because because. God has limited him, and he is a limited being. And so the question I ask is, should we fear Satan? And it's a little bit like, and this is going to be a bad analogy because it breaks down real quick. And so you might be thinking, why share a bad analogy? Are you, are you scared of a tiger on the other end of a cage? I mean, not, no, because what, 
yes, yes, I am. It's a tiger. But I trust the cage. I trust the cage. And so he, he, he's restrained. And, but the problem with that is in this story is that the zookeeper That's <laughs> opens up the gate, which has yeah. another level of problems, which I think actually we may – we will address. We will address at some point. But it which has is, been really encouraging to me that, it, that there was a hedge and there was blessing. Just that God, that God does do that. Yeah. Like growing up, my, my parents would pray a hedge of protection, and I, I, I didn't exactly understand what that was. That is, it, that's it, an it? old school church you phrase. Know, it right is. There. You're sitting nice. there in Sunday school, and everybody's like praying hedges of protection. Getting ready for the like, man. I, yeah, that's, this is probably the passage that comes I didn't from. make that up. No, it's, <laughs> it's in there. So, so we, did, we, don't fear, we, don't, we don't fear Satan, but I think what we should fear is what would happen if, if, if I willingly moved out from under God's protection. Hmm. God is protecting me from, from things and, and, and living for him. If I were willingly to move out of that, I think that's what I'm afraid. And so we need to not listen to that voice. That voice is still there that is encouraging you to move out from under God's protection. Don't listen to that voice. Reject that voice and stay under God's protection now, obviously, again, in the case of Job, that's not going to prevent you from all of the evil and all of the bad things that can happen in this world. But I think rather than living in fear of Satan, uh, again, because of, uh, because of who God is, let's live in fear of moving out from under his protection. And so, um, again, God brings Job into it. Have you thought about Job? And Satan's like, Pfft. Job doesn't count. Job's not, Job, Job doesn't count. You, you've you got all these things. But, then, but Satan obviously wants to do something to him. He's wanting to pick on him. Why, why, is, why is he trying to pick on him? Well, I mean, but this wasn't a, a far-fetched accusation that, that this Job might, you know, have his affection and love towards God because of the things that he, that he gets, the things that God has, has given to him that... You know, that's really the, the accusation that Satan makes. And, and Job's a good one to pick on, right? Because he's got all the things, the thousands of you know, animals and all, all the goods. Um, and you know, that's also really, for us, that's, that's something that we have to really check our hearts on. And you start to see into to God's bigger purposes with what's going to happen here with Job. You know, is his affection for God just because of the of the things that he's been given? Is he is he a gold digger? You know, that's the, that's that term we use for uh, when somebody's just in the relationship for what they get out of it. Is Job just that? Is he he's got God's protection? He's got all of God's gifts. Does he just give him love because of the things that he gets? I, I remember uh, you ever heard that Acts method of praying? Mm-hmm. I remember in college uh, somebody challenged me with that that my my prayer life should be adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And the first time that I tried to pray that way and actually take some time just for adoration, just for praise, and have to kind of, you know, push off to the end where I was giving thanks for the things I've been given, where I was asking for things that I wanted or wished that God would do, and I just focused on who He is and His purpose and His grandeur, like, that was... Man, that was really, really challenging to me, and I realized that, that a lot of my prayer life before that had just been about asking him for things, and at, I mean, on a good day, giving him thanks for the things that he had done, and how much of my relationship it really did kind of seem that way, not just, not just in awe of him. Mm. 
something else I was uh, I was thinking. I, re- I remember uh, being on a trip one time, and um, and this crazy big uh, thunder lightning storm came up, and just sitting back in awe at how big this God was and how uh, wild, you know that uh, that Narnia quote that he's he's a lion, but uh, He's not a tame lion. Don't yeah. mistake. Don't mis- don't think that he's tame. He's not ask asking is 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 the lion safe? Yeah. He's not safe, but he's good. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not he's not uh yeah, yeah, he, he he's wild. And so just being in awe of him for who he is and not just the things that that you get. So I mean, Job Job's sitting in a spot where he's definitely got the blessing of God upon him. So this accusation you know, I, I could see Satan making that accusation of me. Yeah, DeMarc loves you, but does he just love you because of the things that you do for him? You know? And, 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 God, and God buys into it. And not, not, that, not buys into it in the sense that um, that's what he thinks is true of Job. But he's like, okay, let's see. I mean, obviously God knew what was going to happen. But again, it, it, it's the fact that God is willing to engage Satan on this. Like, get out of here. Shut up. Leave me alone. Well, like, he brings Job into it. And, and again, here, here's something I've noticed. Can, can we have confession time? This may be stressing out note takers and maybe stressing out our slide people. I'm totally just skipping over what the slides are supposed to say. So basically, <laughs> what we said, we've said is, is that, um, that, 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 that there's no karma at play. Mm-hmm. This is not about, this is not about, you know, so we do some bad. The, the devil's not to blame. I mean, the, the devil is, I mean, he's active, he's doing stuff, but, I mean, it was, God release, had to release the hedge in order for it to happen, and then there's not some far-fetched accusation, right? This, this is just a very, a very simple thing. I think the only reason that you worship God, that Job worships God, is because um, of the good things that you do. Mm. Now, if that's enough, if that's enough, to trigger something bad to happen in your life. The only thing is, is that the only thing that can trigger something bad in your life is for you to just simply have an attitude that says, I love God for the good things that he does for me. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but it's like, it 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 doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. That That shouldn't be enough to have to have triggered all of this. And so then the big picture question, the big picture question is, but why would God allow this to happen? I still don't feel like that we've come up with a sufficient reason. I mean, obviously, the fact that there's, you know, he hasn't done anything bad, that's the only thing that makes sense to us. So that's not involved. So that's not a good enough reason. Can't blame the devil. Well, the devil's just bad and has kind of this unrelenting bad on the world. That's not what's happening here. Um... Again, the accusation wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but just a pretty normal thing. I, I like my dad when he does nice things for me. I like my mom when they do nice things for me. I like God because he's a good God and he loves me and he's good. That, that, that's, it, it still doesn't feel like enough. And so the question really is, like, why? What, what does God gain from this? Why would God get involved in this at all? I mean, obviously God had some reason for him, for his purposes, he thought it was important on some level to do this. 
And then what does Job get from this? What, 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 is, what does Job gain? What is, what, is, what is the purpose of this in the life of Job? Because the way that this story plays out is all of these terrible things happen to him. He loses just about everything that he owns. And, and he, he loses a significant portion of his family. And then ultimately kind of gets cursed with this illness. And then what happens is, is he has three friends. Maybe I should put the friends Three friends come by and basically just tell him that really you just need to you just need to confess your sin. You did something terrible. The only thing that makes sense again is the karma principle. That's the only thing that makes sense, and you should just confess and get this over with. And they're just essentially just berating him, and and Job just keeps answering back and gets more and more frustrated, gets more and more angry. Then finally, this this other dude comes along, and what he's saying makes a little bit more sense, and is just trying to turn it away from even about Job at all and turning it back to God, and making it just about God. And Job's continuing to get frustrated. And then finally God enters the scene. And Job starts to answer, ask the why question, and gets really frustrated about what's happening. And God has a really interesting answer to that, which is essentially, tell me, because clearly you know so much, you're real smart, you were there when I created whales. What was that like? What was it like when I hung stars in the sky? Can you tell me? How, how did I do that? How did I make everything straight? Did I, have a, did, I have like, did I have a ruler? Did I have a level? How did all that work? Please tell me. Yeah, that's my favorite part. God, God, sarca- he's, God he's, sarca- oh, he's sarcastic so God, that's talk, what you like. Man. <laughs> when he, Smack talking sarcastic <laughs> God, that's your favorite says, part. When he says, hey, well, let's do, some, do some snow for me, Job. Do some snow. Let me see. Don't, do don't, that. don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we are not encouraging anybody to do snow. <laughs> My word. Was this a good idea? We'll have to evaluate. Was this a good idea or not? Make snow. Making snow flakes is what Mark was saying. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Should I have let that go? Yeah, probably. Probably. Probably so. Okay. So it seems to me that God cares about a couple of things pretty strongly. And, and we see that in his answer to him when he's like, were you there when I did this? Were you there when I did this? And we see this in kind of in, in, in what happens with Job in the end. God, God rebukes him. And Job kind of realizes in him that a little bit it was true that I only love God for what he's done for me rather than um, who, who he is. And so that, that, gets, that gets exposed in his heart. It gets exposed in his life. And, and we begin to realize that God really seems to really care about a couple of things. His glory and your character. And that what, that what God is interested in, because he is this glorious, perfect, holy being, he is bringing, he, he, he wants glory, he wants worship, he wants praise. That's why we were created. We were created to do that. That's why we're here today, to worship him, to praise him. To honor an awesome, all-powerful creator God. And that's what God wants. And God wants our character to be better. Our sin is actually an affront to that. It, 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 it takes away from God's glory. And it's damaging us. And even though Job was this upright, blameless guy, there was still a little bit in there. And that little bit that was in there, God wanted it out. And in the process of getting it out, in the process of interacting with Job, in the process of rebuking his, Job's friends and his companions, all throughout this, 
what God demonstrates and what God talks about is how incredible and awesome he is and how overwhelmingly important it is to root out any sin that might be in us. And there's these metaphors that you use all throughout the scripture. And one of them is refining. And um, it talks about how you know, that God refines us and when we use that like it's a positive term when it's actually a horrible term. And basically what it is, you've got a, a piece of impure metal and um, in order to get the impurities out, you have to put, ex- put extreme heat and pressure on it to basically it loses all form of itself. And then the impurities rise to the top and they get scraped off and then it reforms into something completely and totally different. Now, that's great if you're talking about making pure gold. But if I were going to say that that's what's going to happen to you, that's terrible. That God is going to have to put you in pressurized situations where you'll be completely unmade so that the worst parts of you will rise to the top and be scraped off and then you will be reformed into something more pure and better. That sounds good at the end. But it is a really hurtful process. And God is willing, apparently, to expose us to things that are not our fault, that are incredibly hurtful, in order to demonstrate to Job's friends, to Satan, to Job, and ultimately billions of people in the thousands of years since then, the overwhelming power and holiness, and to refine and reshape Job's character in his life. So I don't know how much you've been asking the why question. I mean, I know people have been asking it to me. I'm sure some of you are asking, many of you are asking the why question. Why would this happen? And we can't really speak to exactly all of God's motives as to why he would permit something like this to happen. But I can say this. What he is most wanting for you is to be focused on his glory. To be focused on how awesome and incredible and powerful God is. And let God do the refining work in you. Let it, It's happening. We are being unmade. You don't have to worry about that. It's happening to a lot of us. We're being unmade. And the worst parts of us are, are, are coming out. I mean, the, the, the things that I'm learning about myself and... I would have told you six weeks ago I was not a controlling person. I didn't need control. And that's all well and good until you have zero. And there's lots of things that I've learned about the things that I must have in order to be at peace. And these yucks and these things in me and these anger responses and fear responses and these anxiety responses have all come out. And I can either blame the virus... Or I can just say, well, this yuck was in me, and it just took the virus to get it out. I'm going to let it happen and let God remake me into something different and better and more pure. That's what he did to Job, and that's what he's doing for us. So we're going to continue in worship in a little bit, and then after that, you're going to come back up and lead us in, um, in communion. So if you have elements for that, I encourage you to... To get that, we'll do that. Continue to do that together. It's it's been a value of ours for years to to have communion available every week, and so uh, we're trying to figure out what's the best way for that to look here. Is it is it just encouraging to do it on your own during worship or to lead it together? We've never really haven't really done much leading it together, so we've been doing that the last few weeks. Want to continue that, and um, and that gives us an opportunity 
again, it's reflecting one on something awesome God did for us through Jesus, but it also gives us an opportunity to just reflect on how awesome God and powerful and holy God is and, and how serious sin is. And so let's take some time and reflect on that and worship. Let's, let's, as we struggle, as we're getting unmade, let's spend some time just thanking God for that because of what it's showing us about him and what he's going to ultimately do in us. So let's worship together. Let's do the communion together. Let's reflect together and ask God to keep doing awesome works in us. Let's pray.